Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. Pressed to death in the plane at Kia Studios today. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We appreciate you joining us for the next three hours. We want to hear from you on the Garage Door Guru text line. Just like always, the number is 704-570-9610. Wes always comes in fresh to death, and then every once in a while thank I decide you, whether you, I you. want to stun on him or not. And so today, <laughs> when I got, I went crazy on T-Public. You've been on one all week. All week. And now I have set the standard to try to figure out what I'm going to do Thursday and Friday because I've only received three T-shirts from Public. I say only because I went <laughs> ballistic. I just decided, you know what? I'm going to search all sorts of sports nostalgia T-shirts. I'm going to pull the trigger on them. And so today I'm donning a Glenn Rice shirt. Money well spent. Wes was acting like a photographer in the fishbowl. He came in. He was recording. And I think you knew that I had three T-shirts. We've talked about this a few times. Yeah. And then so I decided to bring out the Jordan 3s, the irises today. So they were purple matching the T-shirt. And you were just saying, work it. Walker, That's act right. like a tiger. Okay, now you're Bold. on the prowl. Now you're taking so many different <laughs> photos. You can find that on our social media handles. West Scott Range, yep. Walker Mail, Weston Walker, at WFNZ. But then it got us talking a little bit more. We'll have this conversation at 1245 too, just about Jersey retirements. And so we can talk a little bit more about Hornets nostalgia, some of the players that have been great. But man, with Glenn Rice, I just don't feel like we see him a lot. And we always go to LJ and Zoe and Muggsy and the picture of them staring off into space mm-hmm. all together. We think of that. We think of the pinstripes. And then we go to Kimball Walker, and then we also remember, I think we remember Diddy, Jamal Mashburn, David Wesley right before they left because it was the furthest they'd ever gone. Mm -hmm. They were within one game of going to the Eastern Conference Finals. I just feel like that era, I'm not a big, oh, man, people forget this guy was a bucket. I'm not a big, no, no, we, we remember. Like, maybe we just don't talk about it as much. I just feel like even in a... Even if with the franchise that is not as celebrated because they haven't accomplished a whole lot. I mean, you know, we know what it is. They haven't reached the conference finals. The only team to not have done that for sure. It's tough. But Glenn Rice's three-year offensive stretch was bananas in every sense of the word. These three-point percentages are crazy. Like, dog, I really did not know until I looked this now. He shot 47% from three in 1996-97. I cannot express this enough. Ballistic. Those numbers were absolutely insane. The overall field goal percentage was insane when you take into account what he was doing. And plus, you have the moment of the All-Star game being here in Charlotte that one season. He also had the record of, well, maybe that wasn't with him. No, the the All-Star game was in 91, so it wasn't with him. So it wasn't with him. But he had the All-Star moment where he had the most points in a quarter, and he was just going crazy. His only three All-Star appearances all came with the Hornets. And so that was another reason, if we just want to do the whole Hornets historian thing, I know you're interested in this, Fiddy, is when we talk about Bob Bass, the GM, being able to navigate through star demands, right? Zoe wants out. Cool. We'll go get Glenn Rice. All right, Glenn Rice, went, uh, Glenn Rice, it's time to move on. We'll go get one all-star season from Eddie Jones. Eddie Jones wants out. Cool. We'll go get Jamal Mashburn. 
it was an amazing navigation yeah. of stars from Bob Bass. But that's the thing. I I hate being the oh people forget back in my day, Glenn Rice <laughs> was shooting. Whew. We don't celebrate him as much. We don't. And he was on the second rendition of the uh, the first Union Building mural after the yeah. original was L.J. Zoe and Muggsy. Then it was Vlade, Glenn Rice, I believe Eddie Jones. No, That was a fun team, too. Yeah, that yeah. was a fun team. I know people would rather have Kobe, but Kobe wasn't going to play here, so we had to settle for Vlade, <laughs> for Vladdy Daddy. That's what we had to do. I know Fiddy would like that nickname. I was waiting for some kind of mm, over yeah, there. The second move. one was Anthony Mason. Mm. So those Roddy guys, Divock and uh, Glenn Rice. So those those guys also led the league in minutes. I mean, they just rode those guys to the finish line, and the finish line, as it did, it would often end with you know Michael. We saw that in the Last Dance. B.J. Armstrong had his moment, and then Michael decided. You know, that he, that was the moment where he was uh, swinging the bat. Remember him in the locker room? He's smoking a cigar. It might be the coolest oh, yeah, scene yeah. ever. He's swinging a bat in the locker room, smoking a cigar. Anybody can talk trash while they're up. But can you do it while we're even or even if you're down? <laughs> That's how I know. That's how I know you're the real deal. And then the Bulls would win every single game after that. So, yeah, we're going to open up the show with some Glenn Rice love today. And unapologetically so, we're going to get to a couple of different text here. Bradley Blanks asked, wasn't Glenn Rice in the three-point contest? I think he so. was. Yeah, yes, he was, which is another like cool thing. Mm -hmm. You put the Hornets on the map, at least participating in some of those all-star festivities. 704 said people forget Baron Davis too. I feel they like, do. I, I feel like people still like him more than Glenn though, at least just because maybe it was more recent. He was the draft pick. They moved up for him. Athletic point guard. They hit. I feel like people remember B. Diddy a little bit more than they do Glenn Rice. I wonder why, though, people don't consider Glenn Rice, too, also one of the all-time shooters. I mean, the guy shot 40% for his career. Needs to be talked about, and we're here to do it, Glenn. We're here to talk about you a lot more. DJ Skinner said Glenn Rice all day. Big dog life. Well, I think that was Glenn I used to Robinson. people but. work on NBA Live with him, man. That Lakers team mm -hmm. that he was on, I used to kill pull-up threes with Glenn Rice. Uh, 704 said, why do I sound like Mr. T when I talk like an old head? I don't know. I guess that's just the, <laughs> that's just the voice I went to. It just it yeah. just it just sounded it just sounded like somebody that was old and that's what I went with. Eight five zero also talked about something we were discussing. West watching Master P try out for the Hornets is what I remember the most. Three Yo, fire yeah. emojis. We were talking about that in the Anthony Mason story and all that. Man, people forget P could really hoop. Yeah, it was real. Now, Lil Romeo, I don't think he got much playing time with USC. He didn't. Did he play? He was on the roster though. He wasn't was he? though. He he could play too though because for a long time they had the thing with him and Bow Wow who could win the one on one. Yeah. I think Romeo would probably win. Yeah, I think so, too. I think so. But who is better rapper, better childhood rapper? Bow Ooh, that's Wow. A, that's a good Bow one. Wow was the yeah, answer, Bow right? Wow. Yeah, for sure. I would, I would Bow say Bow Wow. Bow Wow had bangers. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, yeah. Master P. But we, we got to go with Bow Wow on that one. <laughs> All right, let's talk a little bit about the current state of the NBA. Let's get off the bus talking about game four between the Celtics and the Heat last night. Open up the doors, Fiddy. Let's pull up to the scene. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn! 
dicey for Boston last night. It did look like Miami was going to go ahead and finish them off with the Heat sweeping the Celtics as an eight seed compared to what the Celtics had accomplished all regular season. But then Jason Tatum started to go crazy defensively. It was really hard for them to score. Jimmy Butler got blocked by Grant Williams in an ISO possession. And Grant Williams was somebody that Celtics fans are ready to run out of the organization because they woke the dog up that is Jimmy. But also Jason Tatum, Derek White coming up with huge blocks on the three-point line. It was night and day, the kind of effort that we had seen from the Celtics go third, fourth quarter, West from what we had saw game three when the Heat beat them down by 30 points. Huge victory that has everyone discussing now, Wes. Is there a shot that we see the unprecedented, that we see something that has literally never happened before, a team coming back from a 3-0 deficit to win the series and move on to the next round? What are the chances for you that this actually happens? I mean, these playoffs have had as much unpredictability as any I can think of because a lot of times I do think the NBA playoffs are fairly predictable game to game based off what happened in the last. We know the narratives that we're going to get after every game. It's, is this team done? Is this team in trouble? Or or is the series over after every game? I mean, after last night, man, let's just keep it real. The Heat were ready to go party at Live, and they were ready to go out on South Beach and hit the strip and get ready to prepare for the finals by celebrating in one of the greatest cities America has to offer. And I think they just got upended. The Celtics said not tonight. They felt like coming out to play. But I think inside of the next two games, I probably think next game the Heat will return the favor and go back and close this thing out. I just can't see Boston beating this team four consecutive times. I think so many people are having this conversation because it's easy to have when there's a eight seed that has been able to amass the sure. 3-0 lead. And then when you try to just make it set, make sense in your brain, all right, well, Boston is more talented. Right. It's crazy that Miami is here in the first place. And so now that Boston has the one victory, I'm just going to go to my preconceived notion that the Celtics were going to be the Eastern yeah, Conference time for Cinderella to come home. Fiddy, that's kind of how you're operating, though, right? You think Boston's actually going to do this thing from someone that you admire so much, Don LaGreca, was able to sway you. You know, I was just listening to a radio program last night and they were talking about how despite being down 3-0 the Celtics were still plus 700 to win the Eastern Conference Finals so Vegas always knows something that we don't the NBA did not want to have a full nine-day layoff between the conference finals and the NBA finals which would have been the case had Boston went down last night and Miami is an eight seed and so, like, at some point you expect, you know, the magic to run out and you expect that everything that's gone their way to, to not to not go their way. So I think it's at least going six. I think I think Boston will win game five at home. They'll go back to South Beach. And if they win in South Beach and it goes back to the Boston Garden for oh, game seven over. Or, or the TD Garden, it's not the Boston Garden, let me get that right. You know, I, I would just I would I would expect Boston to do it. And the only other team to ever come back down 3-0, the Red Sox in 03. It's a Boston sports thing. Yeah. Kevin Millar saying, hey, I like how Kevin Millar during that whole 
documentary was discussing why they could win one games, two games, three games, and then game seven, anything could happen. Game seven, anything could happen. Kevin Millar was all over your TV screen when you were watching that documentary. I will say people will do the whole Vegas thing. They know something. I get it. They didn't know the first three games, and they favored Boston constantly, constantly, constantly. But I, you're right. Like, maybe maybe they know something here. You know, we'll see how it all unfolds. I still am going to have Miami win this thing. Wes, I know you were talking about this in the pre-show. Has it irked you at all that despite being down 3-0 and 3-1, the Celtics are still talking like they're winning the series? Like Jalen Brown going into last night, better not let us win game four. And then you said Brian says it's going to be a cakewalk or something like that in game Charles five? Charles Barkley said, said that. that. Oh, yeah, it was but, Charles Barkley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But if, if – you know, I mean, what do you expect Boston to say? I mean, they're going to have to say something to get themselves going. This is a prideful bunch, so they need to do something to get themselves going. So I'm not surprised by what they're saying. But they weren't prideful, and that was the problem. They looked defeated. They were sitting mm. there telling you that there might be problems in the locker room. Not the players, even. The coach was saying that I might have lost this team. It looked <laughs> awful, and it even did in the second half, too. But then Boston was able to turn it on. And last thing, maybe you don't want to hear all this NBA talk. You're all football all the time. There are people like that. Well, maybe there's something for you to be able to watch as it pertains to your favorite team here in Carolina. Not are we only going to have the maybe confidential video that is released by the team that you get to see on Panthers.com when you get to see the pre-draft and the draft process. But how about a docu-series coming out on the current QB for Carolina about Bryce Young, quote, being young. We're going to get to see this docu-series released at some point soon, Wes. I know you got to be excited about this. Yeah, yeah. On the 30th, I believe the date is. Yeah, I'm always excited. I love docu-series and uh, especially one about a cat like this. And we have local vested interests. So it's going to be fantastic. And it'll give us plenty of content, baby. Content is king. So that's going to give us plenty to chew on. I know we had Bryce Young discussing stuff with Tom Brady. We were asking if we saw similar qualities. Well, how about already before he even steps foot on an NFL field, we're going to get the docu-series that Tom Brady is having the whole last dance treatment too. And we get yeah. that documentary about him. So there is one similarity already between Bryce Young and what many consider to be the GOAT. Let's continue to talk about the NBA a little bit more so as it pertains to Charlotte. Rumors about Brandon Miller going to Charlotte are ramping up. The question is, how much do you buy into that right now? We'll discuss that next on Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
Talking Charlotte Hornets on Wesson Walker Sports Radio 927 WFNZ. We want to hear from you on the Garage Door Guru text line. Oh. The number is 704-570-9610. We were discussing Glenn Rice, how we don't think people talk enough about him. If we're going to do the nostalgia thing, bring up Zoe, Muggsy, bring up Larry Johnson. Glenn Rice deserves his spot in the light as well. And uh, people writing about that. People love him. Um, 404 number did uh, Tommy Hammond. All right. Tommy Hammond. He wrote in, I'm still mad that the Hornets traded Rex Chapman. Oh, excuse me. (laughs) Sorry. 404 said, I'm still mad that the Hornets traded Rex Chapman for Tommy Hammond. I can't. I don't know that name. Does that name ring a bell for you? It does not. Is that a mistype? I need to look up. All right. Get a research team on it. 704 number said all of these dudes were only in Charlotte for one contract. That's why they don't get brought up very often, which is true. The thing is, that's the, you know, we bring up Zoe and Muggsy and Muggsy was here for longer than just one contract. But some of the stars, the problem with trying to put them in the pantheon and try to rank them, it's like, well, okay, they were amazing, yeah. but they were here for only a three-year stretch, so what do we do? That's why a lot of people think Kimba Walker is the greatest Hornet ever because he had the longevity, and he also had all-star appearances, had the all-NBA appearance here with Charlotte, too, which is you know a big feat. So, yeah, I totally agree with that. 704, Brian wrote in. I got a signed Glenn Rice card and the Glenn Rice bobblehead doll they gave away a few seasons back. Love some Glenn Rice. And so. I think on your t-shirt, too, isn't it like a, a scope that yes. you're shooting into? Yes, yeah, yes, 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 yes. It is. Yeah, yeah that you're, Marksman. You're going to get on T Public here soon? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You definitely got me on, on board with that. All right, so I think the guy meant to say Tommy Hammond or Tom Hammond. That's what I thought because I was trying to look him up. Okay. Uh, Tommy Hammond. He played for the Hornets in 1992 to 1993. He played in 19 games, averaged seven and a half minutes, 2.3 points. He shot 42% from the field, um, no three-point percentage shooting stats, 1.6 rebounds, 0.4 assists. Okay. Uh, Yes. So people are writing in, too, that he was an ACC stud. That's Hooray Bacon writing that in. He was a nice pick of the 1989 NBA draft. 704 number wrote, Tom Hammond was a really good forward for Georgia Tech. So I love, yeah, Tom Hammond. All right. We're getting some some info on Tom Hammond today. That's how we're going to lead off the show. (laughs) The other couple of texts I did want to mention, too. 980 number said, Master P had the Coliseum sold out for practice. He did. We're talking about practice. And then a different 704 number said, only reason Romeo got to USC was because he was boys with DeMar DeRozan. I didn't yeah, know that. Did yeah. you know that? Yeah, I know P looked out for a lot of kids and stuff, and so I think he was one of them. But yeah, I definitely think it was politics that kept P out of the league because they didn't want that that element at the games, for sure. And he's talked about this as well on different podcasts, but you know, at the time when he was in the league, No Limit was running hip hop. And I mean, you know, you know, the things that they were talking about on those records and they didn't want that because, the, you know, the crowds that were coming out there to see him, you know, rowdy bunch. Well, the thing, too, is at that time, you got to think this was what? How many years was this after Allen Iverson and the whole NBA dress code thing? I think this was before. Um, well, Allen Iverson's definitely was before Masterpiece tryout, right? I mean, that was that was certainly the case, but that was along the same time. And so if you're talking about David Stern trying to, quote, clean up the image, scrub the do-rags out of wearing those to a basketball arena, wearing the jerseys, yeah, it was, whatever. It was 98. 
Yeah, so right, so it would have been kind of on the heels of that. I think the AI stuff would have been around that time. I think that's right. I think that's right anyways. So I know that was a big thing for the NBA, trying to, quote, clean the image up. So maybe it did have an impact. Maybe Master P just wasn't good enough, but I know he was good. I'm not trying to say Master he was P nice. wasn't great. I, I just really think they didn't want him... I just don't think they wanted the element that he brought to the game in there. Uh, I would love a no limit rapper though to be in the NBA. <laughs> I mean, just w- would would he still be able to release content on a weekly basis if he was playing? That's in what the I'm NBA? saying. Yeah, those albums because you know that they would he would be promoting his stuff any chance that he got as well. And when you talk about especially some of those covers that they had, I mean, you're talking about the cover for Ghetto Dope. I mean, he had a a, a dope fiend on the front of it. Is it fair to say that they were Griselda before Griselda? Uh, no, nah, they were bigger than Griselda because they, like I said, they ran it. They he I'm sold, talk- I think, he sold over 80 million records. The only reason I'm saying that though is because of the content frequency. That's what I'm discussing. Oh yes, yes, yes. Because no doubt. Griselda is that now. Yeah. Like they and they've kind of slowed up a little bit. I think in the last six yeah. months or so, if that's fair. Yeah. But. No Limit had something all the time. Like you were not signing a No Limit and your record wasn't coming out. And, and that's funny. Like, that that's the Shark Tank approach. You know how when people will pitch something to Mark Cuban on Shark Tank, they said, well, well how'd you get this off the ground? You know, I went door to door. I was hustling. Everybody's like, good for you, man. Good for you. Yeah. I feel like that applies to No Limit with Master yeah. P, who's just going, you know, on the street, selling tapes, and making sure, mm-hmm. hey, you know, check this out, check this out. So I think Shark Tank, Mark Cuban, Maybe if he was an owner at the time, he would have picked up Master P. Maybe so. Because he would have respected the hustle. 704-570-9610. We appreciate you uh, writing in the Garage Door Guru text line. I also want to hear your thoughts on the Brandon Miller-Scoot Henderson debate because we're inside a month from this NBA draft happening on June 22nd. And we're already exploding with the storylines. We're already getting all of these rumors. The pre-draft process for Brandon Miller particularly has been more interesting than Scoot because Scoot's already been about this life, right? Like we've known for a while he was going to be the second pick until Brandon Miller did his thing at Alabama. But we know about the drama off of the court with Brandon Miller. And he also has mono, Wes, where Jonathan Gavoni a week back was discussing how his workouts weren't going well, how his interviews weren't going well, but people pushed back against it and said, wait, that's actually not what I heard from sources. This is weird that the Gavoni is taking this to the Low Post podcast and ESPN reporting. Well, yeah. turns out Brandon Miller has mononucleosis. The I guy, had that before. And people have. And it's apparently, well, Sam Darnold had it before he came to Carolina. Yeah. That was a big thing about his transition. Trying hey, to get bro. Better. Um, lost 13 pounds. And one of the things, one of the symptoms that you think of when you think of mono is just how fatigued you are. That thing puts you out of commission and also for a long time with some people. So I wonder just how much this might affect the workout process because it's going to make him fatigued. And it's not like Brandon Miller ballooned up to some kind of, oh, he's out of shape. Uh, he wasn't eating cheeseburgers. That dude's already real thin. I, people hope he eats some cheeseburgers. Yeah. To lose 13 pounds already from the playing weight he was in Alabama, that means, I mean, you could hula hoop through a Cheerio at that size. Brandon Miller already real small. So is this going to, did he like that? Huh. This is going to affect his workout, I, I would think, just a little bit. Yeah. On top of the off-court drama. Jonathan Gavoni talked about how the Charlotte Hornets have sent attorneys to Tuscaloosa to get more information themselves than just relying on Alabama, Brandon Miller, who has been bringing his own attorney to these interviews because he's saying, look, I can't talk about some of this stuff, which teams want information, but you can't get it because this is an ongoing process. 
How much is this going to complicate things when talking about Brandon Miller's draft status? I think it's going to complicate it a lot. Uh, I think teams are going to have so many questions and they want to know everything. We know we've heard the process during these drafts. They go talk to people that you have not even talked to in decades. They talk to your elementary school teacher. They talk to your friend in the second grade that you haven't seen since the second grade. They talk to everybody. So for <laughs> them, you know that they, if they're going to go to these lists to find out about a guy they're going to pay millions of dollars to, you know they want to know every graphic detail of what's going on in this investigation. And if they can, I think that will give them some cause to pause, uh, especially because they're looking for maybe that one thing that will give them the biggest reason to draft him or the biggest thing that would give them the reason not to draft him. So I think it's going to hurt him, but I still think at the end of the day, he's still going to go top three. Kyle Boone was talking about Brandon Miller on the Mac and bone show. Here he is discussing the fit with a lot of different NBA teams. This team won 27 games last season. Fit does not matter. You have to get the best player available. And if it doesn't completely fit with who you currently have as kind of your lead guy, the guy you're building around, tough cookies. You figure it out um, or you trade back and try and get some value. The fit doesn't matter for the Charlotte Hornets because you don't have enough talent. Despite Mitch Kupchak saying they can be a little bit more picky, no, you take the best player available. But the thing is, some people think Brandon is just a better player than Scoot Henderson. And if you think that, I can't argue with you. I can't say take the worst player in Scoot Henderson if you don't think um, or take the better player, right? Like if you don't think he is, I completely understand it. Here's what's interesting with Brandon Miller, too, in this pre-draft process. He's interviewing with 12 teams at the combine. Scoot Henderson is just interviewing with three. Like, nah, man, I know where I'm getting drafted. If you choose Brandon... Then Portland's going to choose me. The Deion Sanders approach. And, and, and why, why? Talk talk to Dallas? Why? <laughs> Ain't no reason for me to talk to Dallas. Yeah. You're crazy. Uh, are you picking in the top three? And, okay, well, we don't yeah. need to talk. Well, and maybe, and you would think at the most, Brandon would fall to four or five, but he's going to be taking two or three. Even with this in mind, I do think it's interesting that they're preparing for everything. They're interviewing with I 12 teams. I think that's teams. smart. I do too. It also is telling, right? Like, I, I do think it's smart. Just be prepared. But also, man, you really think you need to be prepared if you're interviewing with 12 different teams, not five, not seven, not I think nine. The more, I think the more you get, because let's say he just chose to interview with two or three. Well, if you do that many teams, then if some team chose to, like you said, try to put the poison pill out there so that somebody won't draft them, you'll have more sources possible. of teams to be able to say, no, we had him in and he was this, 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 and this. So I think it's, I think it's a smart way to go about things. Well, and, and maybe the trade up, maybe if you have somebody at 10, like Dallas, I keep going True. to, and then Dallas decides, you know what, we'll give up everything to go move up to three with Portland and maybe Portland, could you get some kind of, yeah, this is just at the top of my head, right? But okay, we'll give you a Kyrie, whatever, in order to get this, number three pick to pair Scoot or Brandon alongside Luka Doncic, which yeah. they desperately need help. And so that would be crazy, but you get the idea. Um, I do think too, with Brandon Miller and having the off court drama that he has, and those for the don't know, Jamia Harris died and you're having Darius miles and Michael Davis on capital murder charges because Brandon Miller did drive the vehicle that had the gun in it. When Darius miles texted Brandon saying, come back Darius miles 
had his gun used by Michael Davis in the shooting, which led to Jamia Harris's death. And so they are charged for capital murder right now. But Brandon Miller is not criminally, quote unquote, involved as it as it stands at the moment. We don't know what's going to happen with Brandon Miller, but just wanted to be clear on what is the uh, off court drama we keep referring it to in this article with Jonathan Gavoni on ESPN.com, Wes. This is a big part of the evaluation, and it is also because Gavoni says the Hornets want to bring Miles Bridges back on the roster. Now, I don't know if it's been confirmed or said in so many words that leaves little doubt as to what the Hornets want to do. We've all speculated it. All of us would have put money down that the Hornets want Miles Bridges back based off little breadcrumbs that have been left. Okay, they want him back. But Gavoni is flat out saying sources are telling ESPN that the Hornets want Miles Bridges back on the roster. How much does that complicate things when also wanting to bring Brandon Miller aboard at number two overall? Yeah, um, I think you have to think about a lot from a PR standpoint because that's a double whammy when you think about it because you're already going to take a hit when you bring Miles Bridges back. Yeah, he's going to have some fans that are going to be happy for him, but he's also going to have a lot of fans that are not going to be happy to see him back in a Hornets uniform. You're going to have to deal with that aspect for your season. And then also you bring this guy in. That's why I said I would stay away because like I said, in this city, man, and growing up here, all of the controversial athletes that we've had and things that just kind of have happened here that haven't happened anywhere else. And you could just go down and listen, pick a, a story throughout the decades when you talk about now bringing this kid in with Miles Bridges in the same season, and it's like, it's just annoying. As I as I talk about all the time, and one of the reasons Jeff made us a show, man, is we grew up here, and it's like, why do we always in Charlotte have to have caveats with our athletes? It's like, we can't get the guy. That's why I'm so glad we got brushing. We can't get the guy that's a great player, great reputation, comes in, great character guy. We constantly get these guys that either we have to settle for at the end of their careers or we get these guys who come in and it's trouble. And it's like now we got to have Miles and Brandon Miller if they do choose to pick him at the same time. And it's like why in this city when we want to have greatness, we have to have some type of caveat. He can come in and he's going to be a great player, but he did this. Or, you know, he's going to be really, really good. But he did that, and it's it's aggravating, man. It's just frustrating. Why can't we just have a normal team? What's she saying? Um, road trip. Why can't any guys just be normal? Um, can I give you a hot take on road trip? I don't know if it's a hot take. It's uh, my take. you about to say it's trash? No, 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 no. Oh, okay, no, okay. I'm not. I'm okay. not. No, road trip is good. Yeah, no, I don't know. Okay. Okay. I'm not saying that. Euro trip is better though. I've got to watch that. I did not. Euro trip is now that you say that I'm going to watch it just off your cosign alone. And and this is and road trip is a great movie. Yeah, road trip is fine. It's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are plenty of moments you could point to as the best. You know, when there's multiple scenes that are either quotable oh, yeah. or either the most memorable yes. from those movies. Road trip's great. I have more of those with you. Would Euro you trip. have done what he did? Um, to keep the tape from getting there. 
It's a great concept for a movie, <laughs> no. too, because you got to think, how many movies have come along with... A lot of times you see similar plots. I haven't seen many movies with that plot. That was pretty good. I would never be in that situation in the first place. <laughs> in college, I, I definitely would have been that guy <laughs> oh, no, trying to travel across the country Talk to stop about a caveats. tape. We brought Wes here at WFNZ, but in college, there were some <laughs> questionable decisions, yeah, man. I'd have been telling my friends, hey, man, I know we got practice, but we got to get there. Oh, we got no. to stop this tape. Yeah, cross country. <laughs> Let's get the bus. Oh, Tom Green with the mouse is the worst oh, part. Oh, it was fire, though. But when he tried to get into eating and he started doing mm. the, like, epic monologue, <laughs> and he's like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, people writing, <laughs> Scotty doesn't know. Yeah. yeah. I, that's what I'm saying. Scotty doesn't know. Those are the only words I know, though. <laughs> we can try to sing it a little bit more. All right, let's go to the first Fitty Flash of the day. What you got, Fitty? It's all right to be a little Fitty. A little hometown or a big old city. Might as well share. Might as well smile. All right, guys, we're going to turn our attention to the college basketball world. Some news out of the Big 12 earlier today as Kansas learned that forward Kevin McCuller will will return for the 2023-24 season. McCuller averaged 10.7 points and seven rebounds last year for the Jayhawks. And many people do believe that with his return, along with Hunter Dickinson transferring into Kansas, DeWan Harris back, and the backcourt, they'll be the preseason number one team over Duke, something Nada spoke to when he joined us last week on the show. Yeah, I think that those are going to be the two teams that are going to be the favorites. So here's, a, here's a real quick question for you, Wes, and mm-hmm. Fiddy, before we move on to the next segment. People have talked about college basketball being down, how there's not, how the parity might even ruin basketball in some areas because of the transfer portal and all that. But if we have Kansas and we have Duke with a lot of anticipation going into this upcoming season, what do we think about college basketball getting somewhere closer to what it used to be oh. when everyone was celebrating tradition? Oh, this season is going to be lit. We got Duke down here that's going to be cracking. Everybody wants to see what's going to happen with Carolina. But then we got Bronny James at SC with Isaiah Collier. Then you're talking about if Mikey Williams gets to be able to play. You got Mikey Williams. So you have some rock star recruits coming in this year that everybody's going to want to check out as well. So, yeah, I'm here for it. As much as I hate the transfer portal and as much as I didn't welcome NIL, no sport has benefited more than college basketball, and it's why I think you're going to see an uptick in its ratings and its product on the court moving forward. So interesting tradition going back to it, maybe seeing the top schools. And it's funny, we act like it's been forever. Well, we got three teams in the Final Four just two years ago with Duke, North Carolina, and Kansas. We just took a little bit of a break in that when San Diego State made it to the uh, the Final Four this past season. Let's continue to talk some round ball before we talk a lot of Carolina Panthers in the 1 o'clock hour. Carmelo Anthony retired this week, so thoughts on him as a player, but also when it comes to retiring jerseys, should his jersey be retired? And is there anybody that should have their number retired here in Charlotte? We'll get to that in just a moment on Wes and Walker. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. We are back. This is the Weston Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. It's not halftime here quite yet. Word denies. But uh, Charlotte FC Major League Soccer is now in season. And the WFNZ Jack Daniels Doghouse is open for business. The Doghouse doors will open up three hours before every home match. So stop by and get ready for kickoff with some of your favorite friends. Join us for the pregame and postgame parties at the Jack Daniels Doghouse. Coming to you live from the Audi Charlotte studio and brought to you by Jack Daniels, Pepsi, and powered by the Garage Door Guru text line only from Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, the exclusive home of the Charlotte sports fan. So Carmelo Anthony retires. Melo, one of the uh, big-time players of the of the 2000s and came in with LeBron and D-Wade in that fantastic draft class and Darko Milicic, who Detroit chose to draft over Carmelo, who knows what his career would have ended Clown up show. like if Detroit would have picked him. But uh, just our thoughts on him as a player. Should New York retire his jersey? And I think an even better question is, when the time comes, will the Denver Nuggets have to do a double retirement hmm. for him and Nikola Jokic, or will they just choose Jokic to, uh, to retire? But I guess my thoughts on Melo as a player, it's very interesting because Walk, I know we had to talk about Jimmy Butler and watching Carmelo. Carmelo was a funny player to me because I felt like in high school he was a little more flashy. He was a little bit more explosive. Early in the NBA, he was like that. But then he just kind of he put a little weight on. But his game, he was very skilled. Like, that was Melo's offensive game. And to me, like, especially early in games, if he got that pull-up jump shot, that pull-up three going off the dribble, you were in big trouble. And then he'd take you down there and shimmy on you in the post. So he had a great game. I guess the only thing from Carmelo's game that sometimes I wished was that, uh, you know, he dunked on a few more people. And when I went back and looked at some of his nostalgic highlights, I did see that he caught a few bodies that I had forgotten about. Uh, but as far as the Knicks retiring his jersey, I would say so. Because the Knicks are in a fran- the Knicks are a franchise that's funny. Like, you look at them as one of the flagship franchises of the league, but they don't have a lot of pedigree as far as winning championships. So I don't think they can be super choosy with who they choose to retire. So I would say yes to that. But the interesting one to me is the Denver dilemma as far as what they're going to do there. Because Denver should retire his jersey. So if you if you go to New York... You got Earl Monroe, Dick McGuire, Dick Barnett, Walt Frazier, Willis Reed, Dave DeBusher, Bill Bradley, Patrick Ewing, Red Holzman. Okay. Lots of legendary dudes from way back in the day. And the fact is, Pat Ewing is the most recent, and that guy was drafted in 1985. So when we talk about Nick's history, it's exactly that. It's history, and it's long history. We can go to ever since they made the finals in 99. When Fitty was able to still questionably, in my opinion, but somehow reference four or three of the five starters on that team. That's the most success they've had. And with Carmelo, they made a second round appearance and got beat by the Indiana Pacers and they were out. That's the most success they had with Melo. At the same time, the dude is one of the best scorers of all time in the NBA in NBA history. No question. Ninth all time in points scored. And at the end of the day, when you're discussing just the most valuable thing you can do as a basketball player, 
even with the analytics, even with defensive awareness, which I think is deserved, Carmelo just being able to score 30, yeah, that matters a lot. Yeah. So I have no problem. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer, without question. I You can't keep somebody in the top 10 scoring out of the Hall of Fame. What, what's going to be your reasoning? Oh, no, he wasn't effective enough? Yeah. Nah, man, he needs to be in the he needs to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. And if that's the case... If that is the if that's the thing that you need to accomplish before your jersey's retired, hell yeah, Melo needs to be retired by maybe even both, as you mentioned, Denver and New York. Yeah, and real quick before I kick it to Fitty, I would say too, offensively, you talk about that. The way he played was kind of like defense because guys, you would hear Kobe and a lot of other guys say how hard it was to guard him because he would just wear on you because he'd take you down in the post and beat you up. So Mm -hmm. that would make his guy tired as well. But Fitty, your thoughts on Melo? And what do you think about the Denver dilemma? Yeah, I mean, I think he should be retired in both places. Like, look look what he did in Denver. He took that that franchise to the Western Conference Finals, and they went six games with, with the Lakers. And, I mean, I think people forget, like, they had a really good chance in that series to beat Kobe, to go to the Finals. They didn't get it done. And then, like, in New York, like, the playoff success, not there. But he was a part of the rebirth of, of that franchise. Like, Amari goes there in free agency. He forces his way there via trade and then he re-signed at a time where like he probably should have left and went to a Chicago or, or went somewhere else to have a better chance to win but he wanted to stay there and, and and try to win and be a part of what Phil Jackson was trying to do and so when you score the ball the way that he scored the ball for two different franchises yeah I, I, I think his number should be retired because like Walker said he's a first bout Hall of Famer like throughout his entire he's the greatest Olympian we've ever seen when you look at his accolades uh, on the basketball court, won a championship and all you that. You mean type the greatest basketball Olympian or yeah. greatest overall? Okay, yeah, uh, it's on, on, on sure the basketball court. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, first ballot Hall of Famer. I mean, yeah. So, but Denver should retire his number. Uh, the the Knicks should retire his number. The Hawks should retire his number yeah, for sure. The Hawks. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so what do you do though if you're Denver? It. I mean. Is this going to be a split retirement if they decide to do this? Like, how how would you do it? Yeah, I have no problem with that, with, with Denver. But the thing is, right, like, we talk about the longevity. Who do you think of when you think of Melo, who he played for? I think you think of the Knicks. He's a Nick. I think I think that, too, but it's really tough. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. I, I, yeah, it's tough because he was awesome with Denver for so long. It's the most success yeah, he that he had. He played eight seasons with Denver, seven with the Knicks. And I they, think of him as kind of both, but mostly same, Denver. Same, and and you do get to the Western Conference Finals with, with Carmelo there. Now, it, the question is, right, who had more longevity with Carmelo? Who do you think more about him as what team he played for? Is it the Knicks or is it the Nuggets? But when you talk about any of these Charlotte Hornets players that you yeah. might try to retire their jersey, that's always the tough thing. It's the fact that you don't have the longevity. Here I am wearing a Glenn Rice t-shirt. Absolutely love what he did here in Charlotte. And it's a three-year stretch where they don't even get to the conference finals, right? Like, I love what Glenn Rice did here. His story is not too different from a lot of the other celebrated players in Hornets history. Larry Johnson, not here very long. Had a five-year split with Charlotte and New York. Here we are talking about Alonzo, where people remember him when he was drafted and he had that three-year stretch, but that's also three years, right? Yeah. People remember him more so of being a member of the Miami Heat, probably a guy that was close to making a top 70, the 75 anniversary team, but nobody else is going to come as close as, as Zoe, as far as who wore a Hornets jersey for any length of time, Robert Parrish in there, but you know that doesn't really count. 
And so that's why it's tough. Wes, is there anybody that you would say the Hornets need to retire their jersey? Is there any player? Or, yeah. Okay, how many players do you think it should be? <laughs> well, I mean, the guys you named today, when we talk about it, I think LJ is a for show for show. Uh, I think Muggsy definitely should be retired. Uh, I think that Glenn Rice, three all-star appearances in my book, I think that makes him one of the greatest Hornets for sure. I mean, I know it was a short stint, but all three of his all-star appearances came in Charlotte, and he was an all-star game uh, MVP. Zoe, I'd retire Zoe too because I think because with him he gave and, you water or you gave him water. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that too. That too. Yeah, I, I think with LJ and Zoe too, man, it's the impact. I mean, that they had on the city, man. I mean, that, that those were teams that would never be forgotten with him and LJ at Muggsy. So I think for impact too, and what they what they did, and I know, like I said, with the Hornets, you have to have a little bit of a, you know, you have to give and take a little bit as far as as your standards. Uh, I think Dale should have his jersey retired. I would say uh, BD as well. I think Baron Davis, he was a two-time All-Star, All-NBA third team in 2004. So, you know, those are guys that, that I would put at the top of my list. All right, let's 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 continue this conversation a little bit into the next segment, and then we'll also discuss the Carolina Panthers with their coaching staff because we got a lot of texts in here, Wes, that are asking about whether this player should be retired, and some people think you put way too many people on the list. Let's talk about <laughs> it. Let's go. Let's go to it in the next let's segment. Let's go. All right, when we return on the Wes and Walker Show, we're going to talk more on that also, like you said, and the biggest improvements on the coaching staff. This is the Wes and Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7. WFNZ.